This morning we are going to talk about the issues of faith and how to walk with the Lord. So if you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. I want to start reading this morning in verse 22. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read this for you. <clears throat> Jesus uh, was with his disciples. We looked last week at the feeding of the 5,000. And now this is the next section, verse 22. Immediately, uh, he made the disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side. Well, he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. And said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. It is I do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you command me to come to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. God, we ask your blessing on your word. We ask that we would humbly come before uh, you and that, that, that your word would transform us, change us. God, we ask that you would change us from people who fear and are crippled by it to those who walk by faith. God, do your work in us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So Jesus uh, did the feeding of the 5,000 or the five feeding of the 5,000 men plus, right? All, all the people. Um, and as we look at that, uh, what if you were part of that crowd, uh, would where would you go afterwards? What would you do? If you saw a miracle like that, if you were exposed to seeing Jesus do things that no one else could do, uh, what would you do? Would you go, oh, show's over, meal's done, tired, guess I got to go home. I guess I got to go on on my journey. No, you wouldn't. Uh, we'd be excited. We would want to see more. We would be drawn to Jesus. And not Matthew, not the gospel writer of Matthew, but John tells us uh, in a parallel passage John uh, six fifteen tells us that the, the crowd wanted him to be king. 
the crowd was pushing in. And I don't think it was just the crowd either. His disciples, they were going, he's been talking kingdom, kingdom, uh, new king. This is, and they said, this is going to be great. This king's going to give us lunch all the time. This king's going to do things for us so we don't have to do anything. And so they followed him. They pressed in. They pressed on him. And you see in this passage that, and you'll see it throughout the book of Matthew, in this portion, as the crowds push in, Jesus withdraws. And and you see this as we look at first verse in this section. He sends them away. Immediately, uh, following the feeding of the 5,000, he made his disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side. And then he dismissed the crowds. So he, he sent the disciples on by boat and the crowds, it's time to go home. Uh, sometimes uh, when people are excited, they need to be told to go home. They'll linger. They'll just stand there, especially teenagers. You know, uh, my kids always... There's a situation at our house where the kids were watching a movie. Some of the high schoolers were over. And it reached a certain point in the evening. And uh, it was way past my bedtime. Way past my bedtime. And so I graciously went out to the living room and I said, Does anyone need a ride home? <laughs> and and they're all, No, no, we're good, we're good, we're good. And uh, And my youngest says, He's saying, Get out of my house. Uh, thanks, son. Appreciate bailing me out. I was trying to be good, but anyways, they they need moving on. The, the crowds were pushing in, and and Jesus was moving them on because his time hadn't come. His plan was being worked out according to his timetable. And so we see him sending the disciples on, sending the the crowds home or on their way. Uh, And then in verse 23, we see him uh, retreating for prayer, retreating for prayer. And I find this interesting that God in the flesh desires the son desiring fellowship with the father retreats. And and you get the place where he went to his quiet place, his secret place. Time, uh, it says that he was alone. In verse 23, he dismissed the crowds. He went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. It's interesting. We don't have the idea of being alone uh, very much. In fact, uh, we we fight it with all that we are, all, all our person. We We set up things so that we'll never be alone or at least feel like we're alone. Uh, we, some of us just turn on the TV just so there'll be noise. Uh, if you have kids, you don't need to turn on the TV. The noise is provided for you. Uh, but, but we have this sense that to be alone is fearful and creepy. But Jesus, even him being God in the flesh, uh, equal with the father, even as we're going to see in this passage, we see that that Jesus went to be with the Father. He went to pray. He, he backed away from the crowds, from the craziness of what was going on. Um, as I look at this, I don't believe this is the point of the passage, but, but know this, 
Jesus wants us to stop the chaotic craziness of life and crowds and back away and be alone with him. If it was good for our Lord, it was it's definitely good for us. For us to stop. We say we're so busy. With what? What's so important? What what's so important that we're busy? Oh, I'm a very important man. Without me, it won't happen. You know what? Um, either somebody else will do it. Uh, or it won't get done, and that will be okay too. Uh, we need time with our Lord. So Jesus, uh, the crowds are pushing in. He sends them away, and he goes and he spends time in his own prayer retreat. He was there alone. And then in verse twenty-four, uh, we look to the sea. We look to the time in the boat. And it says in verse 24, but the boat by this time was a long way from land, beaten by the waves. For the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. So, so you have this idea that it was a long way from the shore. Uh, we get the word stadia and the idea that that was, um, you, you start tallying it up and uh it was probably a stadia, two football fields or so. And then they were probably 30 stadia away from there. And you, you say they were not just a little ways offshore. They were way out there, far, far away. Uh, not that you could even like uh, communicate with them, but it would have had to. They were well on their journey. And about their journey, the trip was thwarted by the pounding of the sea. The, it wasn't an easy trip. In fact, the waves and the wind were pushing them the other way. The current was not with them and they were getting pounded. And it is this idea of being beaten that the, the wind and the waves were pushing against their boat. And so it was this strain and this struggle to make this journey. And so it's night uh, there's this struggle going on for the boat to make progress. And then it, it tells the time which the fourth watch was from three o'clock in the morning to six o'clock in the morning. OK, so it's that time of morning that nobody likes. Uh, it, it, it's, it's early in the morning. It, it's dark. And this is what it says. It says that Jesus came to them at this fourth watch, walking on the sea. Walking on the sea. Um, how would you respond to that? You're tired. It's the middle of the night. It's that, that time where even if you're awake, you're exhausted by that time. It's a struggle. You're not making progress. It's dark. The wind is blowing. You're probably cold. And uh, you can't see, like you can't see very well. And then you you see someone walking on the water. How would you respond to that? Uh, some of you are kind of jumpy. How many of you are jumpy? You get frightened easily, um, especially if you're a mom. Your kids probably have a great time with you. Uh, you know, let's set up things for mom uh, where we can scare her. I, this this is not your ideal situation, right? 
this is not something that uh, it would frighten you. It would cause you. And you, you look at the response to this terror on the seas. Um, you see the disciples out there, probably maybe with others who are in charge of the boat. And in verse 26, it says, But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Why did they respond that way? Why is it that their response was, It's a ghost? Uh, they're terrified. And they, the, the fear just came out of there. Why? Because it seemed like the right thing to do. They did the math, right? They did the math. Uh, people don't come walking out in the middle of the sea. Uh, nobody does that. So if I see someone walking on the water, I must be seeing things. It must be some spirit or ghost or zombie or something. Uh, it, it must be something that is going to come get me. There's a monster out there. It, it, it's the right thing to do. I, I always like saying this. They did the math, right? They go, oh no, we're going to die out here. We're in the middle of the ocean and someone's coming to get us. Walking. In the middle of the night. It's time to call for mom. Definitely. You know, this is not a good situation. They realized they were in over their heads. They realized that they didn't know what was going on and they were fearful. You look down at verse 27. And Jesus calls to them. It says, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. It is I do not be afraid. Take heart. Take heart. I, you look back and you see how Matthew used that phrase in other places. And you can see it in Matthew chapter 9, verse 2, and then again in verse 22. It, it, it gives the idea of be cheerful. Be cheerful. Be happy. Be excited. Good news has come to you. I, I think that's interesting because... Uh, it, it goes the extremes, right? They want, this is their response to what uh, they were afraid. It's a ghost, terrified, crying out. That this is what their response was. And Jesus says, "It's me. It's me. Take heart. Be cheerful. Be happy. It, 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 it's good stuff has happened to you. Be be cheerful and." If someone tells you in the midst of your terror to be happy, to change your attitude, to what would be your response to them? Why? Why? It seems like the complete opposite should be true. I don't want to be happy. What my soul is crying out for right now is to be terrified, to hate this thing. I'm fearful of what's going on. But Jesus says, take courage, take courage. This is good for you. Be cheerful. There's good news awaiting for you. And, and why? He says, in fact, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And, and the only thing that's changed 
is their identification that Jesus is in their midst. It's him. If it's a ghost, they're in trouble. If it's somebody else, they're in trouble. If uh, they're seeing things, they're in trouble. But if it's Jesus, everything's going to be great. Jesus offers himself and he says, uh, everything looks dismal and terrifying, but I want to tell you, I'm here. I'm here. I look at this and, and Jesus' interaction, Jesus extending his voice to them. He comforts them. He quiets them. And he says, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. The disciples could have thought about it like this. They could, could have said, I thought it was a ghost. But it was my Lord instead. That's what changed everything. You, you see this progress. Jesus calls to his disciples. And then in verse 28, you see Peter uh, is fear, faith, fear. Okay? Fear, faith, fear. Okay, I want you to see this. Peter was one of those in the boat, and he was one of those ones that was terrified. He was one of those ones that thought that it was probably a ghost. He was one of those ones that was crying out, oh no. But Peter, hearing the voice of his Lord uh, calling on him to take heart and to not be afraid, Peter answers the Lord. He says, Lord, if it is you, and the wording's kind of uh, difficult here, but it's the idea, Lord, since it's you. Lord, because it's you, because you're here, this is what I ask you to do. Command me to come to you on the water. What a great response. What a great response. And you say, well, I'm familiar with this story. What's so great about it? It's as if Jesus, it, Peter was saying to him, hey, 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 Jesus, fly me over there. Fly me over there. And you say, well, why do you say that? People don't fly. People don't fly. And you know what? People don't walk on water either. And so Peter was thinking crazy. But he wasn't thinking crazy in the sense that I can do all these things. I'm kind of like Superman. He's thinking, because Jesus is here, Jesus is walking on the water. I know that if he can walk, he can make me walk on the water. This can be okay. It's great faith to to look at Jesus and say, I know you can do anything. So Peter asks of Jesus, he says, command me to to come out to you on the water. And he said, and Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus uh, was walking on the water, and Peter's first response was fear. But then his second response was faith. And that faith, after he took a few steps, we don't know how far he was. It's a, It kind of seems like, in the wording, that he made... of the trip, 95%. He was almost there. And then his faith turned back into fear because he saw the wind. 
He was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. You could even say it's fear, faith, fear, faith again. Because in his sinking into the water, um, he knew that the Lord could save him even then. Sometimes we're pretty hard on Peter because he's vocal and recorded. Uh, we, we don't, you know, uh, if it were today, people would have had their cell phones out and there would have been a videotaping uh, Peter and what he's doing. They've been snapping it and posting it, right? Um, I, I want to tell you that uh, Peter was this fear, faith, fear, faith, back and forth, back and forth. And it seems as though the other disciples were just fear, 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 right? They're just afraid, afraid, afraid. Um, you see this, uh, Jesus, it's either a rebuke or a statement. I, I want you to understand this, that that Jesus is not uh, an angry, mean Lord. He's not. He's not, uh, you stupid people, you missed a spot. He's not, aha, I got you again. That's not Jesus. But he does say this to Peter. Listen to this. Verse 31, Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took his hand and saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Have you had these moments? I have. I've had a, a ton of them. Not that I've walked on water. It's that Jesus called me to faith. And I haven't trusted him. I haven't trusted him. I knew what I was supposed to do. I, I, I knew what he had for me. I felt confident in his leading. But instead of trusting in him, I, I trusted in myself. I saw what I could do. I I said, you know, uh, this is too scary because I don't know that I can make it. I, I look at this and I, I think this relates to all of us. That Jesus turned to Peter and he says, well, you have little faith. I, I'm thankful. I'm thankful he said little faith and not no faith. Right? I want to have some faith. I want to trust you, Lord. I I, I think about this uh, this stumbling of faith. It's stumbling. It's kind of funny to think of stumbling on the water, right? It's what it is. It's it's this fumbling and stumbling. And I I, I want to tell you, most of us think that faith is like we march into a room and it's like the triumphal entry. Here I am in victory. I come. I cross the finish line. I'm awesome. Can't you see how strong I am? That's what we think faith is. But I think the picture of faith is what Peter did. I'm afraid. Oh, no, I trust him. He can do anything. I'm doing it. This is amazing. Oh, no. Uh, Back and forth and back and forth. And I want to tell you, That's the picture of walking with Christ. It's not one without stumbling. 
It's not one without uh, forgetting who we are, forgetting. You look at this and you say, well, why was Peter had taken steps on the water? Why did he not continue on? And it says why. Did you see it in the text? Because he looked at the wind. He didn't see the wind, but like he saw the effects of the wind. It's crazy out here. The storm's kicking up. It's beating on the boat. Now it's beating on me. Oh no, I'm going to die. Lord, help me. Jesus immediately, he reached out. He did not leave Peter there. He didn't say, I I gave you everything you needed. Now drowned here. It's your own fault. Dummy. He acknowledged that his little faith had failed him, but also he rescued him. He rescued him. Well, um, as Jesus does in other places in verse 32, it says this, and when he got into the boat, the wind ceased. (laughs) Changed the weather. (laughs) Just changed the weather. Uh, Disciples, another passage, uh, who is this man who even the wind of the sea obey him? It's Jesus, Son of God. And he comes into the boat and they've been pushing and pushing to make progress and pushing. And all of a sudden the seas come and they go, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. So you get this? Uh, there's a miracle. Jesus is walking on the water. People don't do that, right? People don't do that. And it's not just Jesus. He does another one. He, he does something different. Once again, he, see, he sees his disciple Peter. Now Peter's walking on the water. That's number two. And then now, uh, now he changes the weather as he gets in the boat. It's all calm. And what's the, how, how do you tie all these things together? What, when you see Jesus, what, what, how do you tie all this together? Well, they tied it together in the way they should. In verse 33, they worshipped him. They worshipped him as God. It says, and those after this incident, walking on the water, after the uh, winds have ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. The idea of the Son of God is the one that is equal with God. The one that is from God and equal Uh, with God. You see, um, they'd seen the storms. They'd seen the ghost. (laughs) They'd seen the walking on the water. They'd seen Peter's faith that turned to fear. And now they'd seen the seas be calmed. And it deserved to worship the one that made it all true. You go on from here in this passage, and we won't spend a whole lot of time, but... uh, more pressing in and more healing in verse 34. It says, And when they crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. And and when the men of that place recognized him, Jesus, they sent around to all the region and brought to him all who were sick and implored him that they might only touch the fringe of his garment. And many, and as many as touched it, were made well. Jesus goes in another place. He does another bunch of healing people recognize him as the king well um i want to give you the score i want to tell you what the what the stats 
tell you at the end of the game. I, I know uh, I don't watch a lot of sports, but I like to read the box score. I know that might make me a little boring, but I want to know who uh, who participated in the win or was to be blamed for the loss. And it is a math deal for you as you look at, and, and I think that we can relate to this, and I want you to relate to this. As you look at this section of Scripture, what do you see? Jesus equals something. Jesus equals something. Jesus equals an all-knowing, in-control, compassionate, powerful King and God. That's who Jesus is. Um, it, it makes me crazy sometimes to read uh, the commentaries that I have because they, they talk about... Um, liberal arguments and things over the time. Some people suggest, you know, what happened was it, because it was night, uh, they got lost on the sea. And so this boat wasn't really out as far as they thought it was. And it was so rough. And there was actually rocks that Jesus was walking across. And so he really wasn't walking on the water. And and Peter found those same rocks because he followed like that's ridiculous. The feeding of the 5,000 we looked at last week, just the generosity of a little boy uh, caused other people to be generous too. And there's one problem with all this. That's not what it says. That's not what it says. Those are key details that are not spoken of. And, And what it is, I'll tell you real simply, it's being fearful of allowing Jesus to be God in your mind. And I want to tell you, you don't have to allow him to be God. He's God whether you allow him or not. Uh, you, can, you, you can believe in ghosts, fairy tales, whatever. Jesus is who he is. And so as we look to his word, I, I want you to see this. First of all, Jesus He equals what he shows us to be is an all knowing in control. Jesus wasn't fearful at all during this passage. I don't know if he caught that. He wasn't afraid. Oh, no, I wonder if this water is okay to walk on. Uh, Oh, no, I wonder what's going to happen to Peter. Oh, no, uh, the sea's looking pretty rough tonight. Maybe we should try this another night. Jesus is all-knowing, in control, compassionate. He continues. he's, He's caring for the disciples. And then he goes right back to this healing ministry where he's taking care of people. Compassionate, powerful. He has power over everything. He doesn't go, oh no, how could I do it? Oh no, I I don't know if I can make it. He's powerful. He's a king. He he remains the the one who, who is worthy to be king. He's God. The disciples looked upon him, son of God, son of God, worthy to be worshiped. That's what they saw in him. Uh, Second part of the box score here this morning. Peter, and I would say me and you and the other disciples as well. Peter, you or me, any of the disciples alone equals fearful. Equals fearful. And rightly so. And rightly so. We should be afraid of our own shadow. We should be afraid of sickness. We should be afraid of ISIS. We should be afraid of our government. We should be afraid 
of our children. We should be afraid of getting old. We should be afraid of being young. We should be afraid of everything. Because we don't have enough resources. We are not strong enough. Uh, we, we should go, oh, this is what's out in front of us. Let me check my resources. Oh, no, I'm in trouble. And Peter did that. Peter knew that he was not enough. And in fact, when he looked at the wind, he realized the wind was bigger than him. Peter alone equals fearful. Um, third of the box scores, the math problem, if you will. Peter plus Jesus equals powerful Peter doing things that no one can imagine. No one can imagine. I always uh, think of the, the bystander on this. You know, the, the disciples were probably in the boat, but there might have been some uh, people uh, in charge of the boat themselves, sailors. But I wonder what they talked about that afternoon. They're just sitting there, a long night of work, trying to get this boat across the, the sea. And I, I wonder if they were kicking themselves. Going, Peter, like, he, he's the guy who got to walk on the water. Did you see Peter? That could have been me. It wasn't me because I was too afraid and I just didn't get it. But like, but that could have been me. And why did Peter get that? And uh, if I would trust, if I only, I would have said like, Peter, I, Bring me out there, Lord. That could have been me. You know what? Uh, I think that that's much of life. Could have been me. It wasn't. It wasn't me. Because I trusted in myself and I trusted in my own resources. I did what I thought I could do apart from the Lord. And it wasn't much. It was just fearful me. Please join with me in prayer. Father, thank you uh, for the gift of your son Jesus, the uh, section of scripture that we have recorded history here before us that we can be encouraged by. God, help us to be people who walk in faith, not in fear, uh, that we would focus on our Lord Jesus, not on the, the winds and the things that are going on around us. God, thank you for this morning in Jesus' name. Amen.